And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's wild and wonderful. What's going to happen? We have no idea. So let's sit back and enjoy the ride. Can I get a Wowser Bowser Wednesday? Because God's in charge of this crazy bus called the Christian Journey. First, we need to remember that Jesus is our captain. He is the quarterback of our team. He is the skipper of our fellowship. He is the head of the body. We need to abide in Jesus like a fish needs water or a bird needs air. We need to dwell or live in the Lord. To not dwell on the Lord, to not abide in Jesus, will lead to being dry and burned. That's a very kind way of saying if we don't live in Jesus, we're going to need a lot of burn ointment. Yikes, that's not nice. Next, a key component of Jesus being in charge is that he is the cornerstone of our salvation. It is a gift that God offers us through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Salvation is given by grace and received by faith. Nobody gets to boast about it because it's a plan from God for our benefit and blessing. Here's the problem. Don't you know there's always one of these? What the Lord maketh easy, we maketh extremely complicated, saith about every book in the Bible. In better words, what God starts, we try to finish. What what God has made easy, we try to make hard. What God makes plain, we make complicated. Why? Well, in the nicest possible way we do this, because there's still sin and residue of sin in our hearts and in our minds. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. The way to do that, David at he must increase.org. David, see, David, D A V I D. Okay? Not the Hebrew name, Shalom David. David, he must increase.org. You can text us, 214 210 8483. Text only, 214 210 8483. Or you can call us at 972 445 That's 972 972- Four four five zero seven seven zero. When you call nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero, it would be as though you got a ticket to go on a cruise liner, all expenses paid. But that would not be the case because you'll just be talking to Captain Chris, and then you'll be. You know, so we always put a disclaimer on everything. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? Because we've had people go, well, I was trying to win a million dollars. Okay, all right. 
anyway, uh, bottom line, any topic is open for conversation because it's not professional radio, as we have demonstrated in the last 35 minutes. It's just radio. It's somewhere as a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. Kind of like putting them all in a blender and then putting it on, you know, like Purify or Liquify or whatever that is. Here's the bottom line to that. It's not a Kvetch Fest, but it is a place for you to be able to share. If you've got an idea, thought, a comment, or a question, you can share that. If you want to do that through uh, the phone or through the email or through text, you can do that. You're welcome to do that. What we want you to be able to do is have a place to go for prayer requests and for praise reports, for things that are just heavy on your heart or things that are just filling you full of joy. We also want you to have the opportunity to answer trivia, so we'll offer you a trivia question. And the reason we do that is to keep the Bible at the forefront of our thoughts. That's why. So... When the, when the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, who told Jesus? When the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, who told Jesus? It does not say grape juice because it does not mean grape juice, okay? It's very, it's very straightforward. People are like, well, that's, that's not very nice. Look. You don't drink grape juice and then go, well, now you've bought off the really good grape juice. That's that's never happened anywhere at any point ever. So let's just stop that. Okay, thanks. All right, if you want to reach out to us, you can. <laughs> just, uh, you better watch out. Uh, 972-445-0770. Okay, am I supposed to sing that too? 972-445-0770. That was like my mother-in-law. Uh, 214-210-8483 is the text. Plus, you can email David at he must increase.org. Okay. Uh, it's going to take a small turn. we got to pray for Ukraine, and I want to pray for my friend, Rob and Cindy. So Rob has been one of my friends for years. Cindy is in the hospital getting a colonoscopy. That's not the big deal. But they're double-checking for colon cancer. That's the big deal. So we want to believe that the Lord will just kind of keep it keep her well and can keep them well. He's an exceedingly, exceedingly good friend. He is, uh, he's probably one of two people that I go to before I'd go to Pastor Ray to give you an idea how close Rob and I are. So uh, we've done ministry together for years and he's just a, a, a total man of God. Uh, a guy's got more discipline than I could ever imagine in my life, which is why he's perfectly balanced in weight and everything else. I can't stand him for that. Anyhow, uh, but just to give you an idea, back in the day we used to play basketball, and it would be Rob and I would go for a rebound, and the rest of the church would be watching as we would roll outside the court against each other on the ground fighting for the ball. <laughs> this guy was... They would be like, what is wrong with these people? Anyway, so let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up Ukraine to you because it. what we want is peace in an absolutely chaotic world. And we're asking for that to be miraculously manifested. I don't, I don't care. I don't care who does what. Doesn't even care. Lord, be the one that declares the peace and let your name be glorified. And we lift up Rob and Cindy and especially Cindy to you. She's a dear sister in the Lord. And we ask you in the name of Jesus that as she's going through the procedure, she'd not be afraid. Neither would Rob. They've been together all their lives. And we're asking you to keep them calm and let the best results come out of this situation. Please, Lord, we, we plead with you, as David did within the scriptures, to make this situation completely a good news situation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen 
and a man. Okay, got that? Okay, that's fair. All right. Uh, trivia question. When the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, who told Jesus? I mean, somebody had to tell him, right? I mean, they didn't put it up on a digital board, so somebody had to say something. If you think you know, 972-445-0770. And then 214-2108483 would be the uh, text-in number. And then david at hemusincrease.org. Okay. You guys ready? I hope you're You know, I actually hope you are ready because there are some really important things that, that I kind of want to uh, talk about. And one of those is how full of pride this host is. Oh, wait, somebody's calling in, so we might give them that chance. Uh, but it doesn't uh, stop me from telling you, uh, 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 dude and dudette, I am so full of pride. I'm so full of arrogance. And we're going to talk about that and how we won't even acknowledge when we are and how dangerous that is, so what that danger is, what that opens up to. But in the meantime, somebody's ready to answer the trivia question. So here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hey, David, it's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. Wonderful to hear from you. Are you. Thank you. Are you ready for this? Now, we don't think that this that Jesus found out through a neon sign, so we're going to say somebody had to tell him. When the wine ran out at the wedding in Cana of Galilee, who told Jesus that? Um, wasn't it Mary? That is correct. It was Mary, Jesus' mom. And everybody can say whatever they want theologically, but if you're Jewish, you look at that, and you know the mom's going, Jesus, they're out of wine. <laughs> He's just like, you know what's going on. I don't care what anybody says. And they're like going, oh, boy, okay, fine. You know, He's like, it's not even my time yet. It's like, okay. So it's like, it's that kind of thing. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, you know, um, the other day when I missed two questions, I was so – overwhelmed by it i forgot to tell you that yes susie's been a great blessing in my life and i just wanted to say that because she really has been and i'm hoping she's a blessing to your show too yeah she's been awesome she texts in she's just wonderful and i just love you guys it's just fantastic and i love the fact that you guys are connected it's true christian fellowship you guys have it's truly the family of god i love it it's wonderful um, David, I just had a quick question. Sure, sure. I was wondering if you could tell me, I know there's a scripture that says our good works will be tried by fire. Is that correct? Yeah, it's not, and it's not for salvation's sake. It's for reward's sake, that they'll be tested by fire. The, the primary element there is to see whether they're genuine, whether they're good, and whether, whether they're foundational, or whether they're just a $5 out-of-your-pocket thing. Okay, okay. All right, well, thank you. And, oh, what scripture was that? Uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm forgetting, so I'll ask the audience. I'm pretty sure it's in Corinthians, but I could be wrong. So if somebody who knows okay. where that passage is, text it in, and I'll shout it out to Deborah. okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thanks, Deborah. Excellent yep. call. Excellent job. I love that everybody does such a great job. I mean, our show's fun, right? So, all right. All right. Uh, all right, so I'm going to get to my teaching. We'll have to wait. Well, I want to hear about Dave being an idiot. Don't you listen to the show? 
<laughs> Sorry. Okay. We'll take our break and then come back. Somebody who knows where that uh, passage is, before I have to look it up, I will look it up, but I'm letting people do it. Uh, reach out to us and let us know where the passage is, where our, where our works are tested by fire. In the meantime, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Imagine yourself on a rocket ship racing at a thousand miles an hour into space. Once there, you can sense the power and the presence of the majestic and the divine. You forget about your troubles and your fears, and you just float in peace without a worry in the world. There are no struggles, no pain, no discomfort. It's soothing, calm, comfortable, but then the show starts and you realize that none of that stuff has anything to do with the show. What were you thinking? The David Spoon Experience, only for the brave of heart and the board. My next guest has been on the show before with a prior book. I'm very excited to talk to him about this book. I've seen a couple of the interviews that he's done. And this book is a great apologetic book on Christology, and I'm hoping that people will really enjoy this. First and foremost, let's welcome back to our show, David Lima. David, how are you doing, sir? Great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent book, by the way. Big props for writing The True Jesus. Uncovering the Divinity of Christ in the Gospels. I, I know they give me a list, and I know you know they give a list for us to ask questions, but uh, if you remember from the last time you were on the show, I, I rarely look at that list. <laughs> so, no, that's good. Because yeah, I like to get from, from you as the author, you know, kind of where it was going and what you were thinking. So let's just talk about at the core level, you know, for the purpose of writing this book, what was the big goal you were trying to accomplish in writing The True Jesus? Well, I, I started out, I wanted to write a, a, a primer, a survey, an introduction to the New Testament, and as I got into it, I realized that I could not cover it adequately with sufficient depth. So I asked the publisher, Regnery, if I could narrow the focus to just the Gospels, uh, because the Gospels are where you see the living Son of God and you encounter Him, uh, and you, you sit at His feet and, and hear His teachings and you watch Him uh, and you observe His behavior and His authoritative teaching and His empathy for human beings, and you see His declaration of divinity. Uh, and why he, uh, he he led the the Jewish authorities to want to crucify him because he was in fact claiming to be God because he is God and so I want the, his divinity and his full humanity to to jump off the pages uh, in of my book and it, the book is a is a compendium of the four gospels in a consolidated account not attempting to be a harmony which uh, you can't totally do. Uh, and in a roughly chronological form, the ultimate goal, and with with a running commentary, the ultimate goal is I want people, I want to inspire people to read the Gospels and the Bible for themselves. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Let me give Deborah the scripture that we were referring to that uh, this is going to be out of the ESV, the 
uh, ESV, English Standard Version, which is real tight to the New American Standard, kind of close to the New American Standard 1995, uh, maybe a little bit, maybe a less than a half percent variation, but pretty close. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, let me just read these real quick for Deborah. Uh, verse 10, according to the grace of God given me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one, each one take care of how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each of one's work will be manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he'll only suffer loss, though he himself will be saved. So it's like very specific about what that text is. First first Corinthians thirteen. You can use any any translation is gonna give you that information, just to let you know. So I hope that's helpful, Deborah. Uh first Corinthians thirteen. Go ten through thirteen might be a good way to see it. Here's the next trivia question and a sneaky one at that. Wow, you ready? Play the horn. True or false, John was the first person to come to the tomb on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. True or false? Not go in the tomb, come to the tomb. True or false? True or false? You can call in 972-445-0770. Sorry, Annika, I can't sing it every time. And then uh, also you can text in 214-210-8483 as well as you can send an email, David. And he must increase.org. I have in my hand the third installment of hymns that we uh, probably function in more than we want to admit, even though they're not the actual true names of the hymns. You ready for this? You got your buzzer ready? Okay. So most people know my hope is built on nothing less than nothing but Jesus' blood and righteousness. This one says my hope is built on nothing much. <laughs> Good, that's not good. Uh, rock of ages, right? Uh, cleft for me. Pillow of ages, fluffed for me. <laughs> uh, we have peace like a river. How about peace like a trickle? Trickle River Trickle Okay All right uh, You know I'm 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 uh, <laughs> What a friend we have in Jesus You ever heard that one What a friend we have in Jesus How about What an acquaintance we have in Jesus <laughs> That's the modern version That's all right And then there's blessed Blessed assurance Jesus is mine How about blessed hunch I got a hunch uh, And then great is thy faithfulness How about this Above average is thy faithfulness. And then uh, finally, the spirit of the living God fall fresh on me. This one is the new version. Spirit of the living God fall somewhere near me. That'd be great. <laughs> okay. They're cute. Come on. We're already having fun. Relax. Uh, I think somebody's calling in on the trivia question. I believe they are. Are they calling in the trivia question? All right. Then I'm leaning over. Leaning over. Go ahead. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. This is Ken. Hey, how are you, brother? Another beautiful day. It 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 is so nice. It is. now yesterday, it was a little cloudy and a little rainy, and my dogs decided to share that with the inside of our house. 
So I thought that oh, yeah. was cool. <laughs> That's why you love them. All right, my good friend. True or false, John was the first person to come to the tomb on the day Jesus rose from the dead. That would be false. You are correct, sir! Now, do you remember who was the first people that came that was, there? Yeah, that was Mary. Mary Magdalene, that's correct. Joanna and Mary, the mother of James. All three in Luke 24, 10 were there at the tomb first. And the Peter and John, they were they were after Rands. <laughs> or also Rands. That's it. Also Rands. So good so, job, man. So what is, you know, there's all the Marys and all the James. Say that again. Oh, we're losing you. We're losing you. Try it again. Yeah, no, you're breaking up, bro. I'm thinking that I got this one area. All right. Well, Mary was the one Whatever he's saying, I'm pretty sure he's right. <laughs> I just can't hear you. I'm sorry, brother. I, we just we had to cut it because we couldn't hear you. This has nothing to do with anything other than that. And then some, uh, uh, it was just a little, little broken up. That happens. That's life. That's why we do live radio. Actually, that is why I do live radio because I like stuff like that. Uh, but a great job. Excellent answer. He is correct, Amundo. The answer was false Rooney. And the answer was John was not the first person. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and the mother, Mary, the mother of James. Okay, there you go. All right. So now from a technical point of view, you want to get into specific on names, we'll do that at a different show. I got to teach some of this somewhere. Okay, here you go. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. If you guys don't know this verse, I would encourage you to know this. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't rare. I rarely tell you this. You should know this in the King James. <laughs> no, you say, why? Because it's cooler. Sometimes the scriptures are cooler. Like, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah, there's nothing more cool than that. That's like the coolest thing ever, right? That's King James, right? Here's King James for Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10. Listen to this. For it was fitting for him from whom all things and by whom all things exist in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. So... You, you can go a lot of ways with this. My brother wrote a song called Captain Salvation. This goes, Captain Salvation. You know, it's like one of those classic kind of rocker songs, right? Jesus is the captain of your salvation. While you are a wonderful participant, while you are a person that has arms, while you are a person that can catch the ball without Jesus being the quarterback and throwing the football into your chest where you cannot miss it, you don't have a prayer. So Jesus is the captain of our salvation. And what we do is we say, yes, I'm saved. And now I'm going to help God. Okay. The problem there is that God doesn't need your help. He loves your fellowship. He wants you to do stuff, but he doesn't need anything. So we need to separate doing stuff for God because we love him versus doing stuff for God because he needs our help. 
You got to separate those. He's counting on you and I, so to speak, but he also knows if we will or will not fulfill that obligation. What is important for you and I to grasp, to exist in, is that you and I cannot improve on the salvation part. Now, you can do a lot more for your eternity by laying up treasures in heaven. There's no question. The Lord lays that before you. But you aren't going to make the salvation part any better because that's up to Jesus the captain. And the Jesus and Jesus the captain made your salvation superb. He made it better than any other thing that any human being can come up with. He made it so outstanding that all you have to do is be a receiver. See how good that is? You see, because, wait, wait, because salvation has to be received. So the captain who throws the football, that football's like salvation. All you got to do is put your arms out and say, okay. But Jesus throws the ball, throws a perfect pass, hits you right in the chest. All you got to do is go, I got it. Thanks. Now, some people are like, well, you know, you got you to gotta repent. And I think that there's a truth in repentance in every aspect of Christian living. And I don't think repentance is a one-time thing. I think it's a lifetime thing. It's a series of saying yes to the Lord. But everything hinges on Captain Jesus. So now that we've all gone through the last 35 or 40 years with all these superheroes <laughs> and all these different things that have totally twisted whatever they originally were, I want you to think of the absolute best superhero ever who never does anything wrong ever, ever, ever. And Jesus is 10,000 times better a superhero than that superhero. And he's your captain, the captain of your team, the captain of your salvation. And I will say this as nice as I can. Jesus doesn't lose. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Now, look, you might like Tom Brady. You might hate Tom Brady. Okay? Wins a lot of football games. But he has lost a lot of football games. Hey, you know what? Captain Jesus does not lose. Ever. It's like, wow, that's your captain, right? So the entire next half hour is going to be, I'm just telling you right now, is going to be about us trying to tell the captain how to throw the ball. That's cute, except none of us are salvation quarterbacks. So perhaps we should get go to the bank, take out a loan, and by a clue. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and his presence is strengthening you. And we talked about that can happen through the Word of God, through prayer, and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text, or somebody sends you a letter, or somebody calls you, or somebody sends you an email, or somebody looks at you funny, or somebody kind of glances, or somebody says something about you, or you hear something about yourself, or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key 
for the next 365 days for your life. When the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the joy of the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried? Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception, well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here you go for your next trivia question. A tough one. Which disciple said that... Eight months of wages would not be enough to feed 5,000 people. Which disciple said that? Eight months of wages. I wonder if he said it with that high of a voice. Eight months of wages would not be enough to feed 5,000 people. Okay. Now, that's a tough one. Okay? So I'm telling you it's a tough one. Okay? I'm, I'm being nice about it. Very difficult uh, question. Uh, 972-445-0770 is the number to call if you have an answer for that. You can also text in 214-210-8483. Send an email, david, at org as well. You can, what? That's all they can do on that, right? They can either call, text, or send an email. We want to send you to the website. Uh, I do want people to remember to please pray for one another, please. I'm, I'm asking you super, super, super nice. Just praying for the audience 
that the audience people would have some recovery, physical, financial, emotional, relational, psychological, all those things that the Lord can cover and that the Lord just put his arms around the audience people. Just think of it in those terms, like the Lord just patting somebody on the back. It's kind of a nice way to think about it. Uh, Please, please, please pray for one another. It's the most important thing. On the website, there are uh, several new things, including the free gift that I had mentioned. Uh, you'll see some things that are not quite ready yet, and that's part of the school stuff. So just pretend you're not looking at that when you look at that. Uh, also for praise report and prayer requests, but most specifically for giving, because we were able to pay radio rent, and that was super helpful, but we cannot let it go. Or you'll be hearing um, more replays of something else. So you really just don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So please give if you are able to give. Put it if the Lord puts it on your heart. Don't feel guilty if you can't. But if you can, do so. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. Okay, again, I'm waiting for something. <clears throat> I'm not going to comment. Uh, bottom line, uh, I'm sorry we had to, when, when Ken called in, we had to cut that off, but the, 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 it was like going. <laughs> And that, that makes it too hard. Uh, but I'll always call back. We'll try and get that straight uh, next time. Uh, we do have our trivia question. I will give you a hint, by the way, so I'm going to try and help a little bit. Uh, which disciple said, eight months of wages, that wouldn't be enough to feed 5,000 people. Okay, here's your hint. Here's your hint. Ready? It's not Peter, James, or John. So now you're down to nine. You got a one out of nine. Not the normal disciple that would ask the question. Might be a nice way to put that. Uh, if you think you know, 972-445-0770. Text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david, at org. We will do history now and then get into the rest of the teaching. Let's do it. Let's go I find this to be amazing because of what I'm going to teach on, but today is I Am In Control Day. <laughs> that's so cute. So that's like you having all your ducks lined up, only God has a shotgun, and he's like going to all your ducks. So, yeah, stop that. Uh, it's also Take a Walk on the Park Day. I'm okay with that. National Pencil Day. Uh, pencil with attached erasers. First introduced March 30th, 1858. Who, who knew that? I didn't know. Who knew? Uh, it was actually Hyman Lippmann. Of course it was. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Uh, 1867. <laughs> 1867. Alaska is purchased for $7.2 million. That was a good, that's a good deal. <laughs> That's a good deal. In 1987, so 120 years after that, a record amount paid for a single work of art, one of Vincent Van Gogh's sunflowers, sold for $39.9 million. That was a record at the time. It was like $40 million for a paint. Okay. And then uh, finally, in 1993, in the comic strip Penis, Charlie Brown hits his first ever game-winning home run. There you go. All right? All right. 
Uh, we got that. We got that. The question, trivia question. Good comeback by Eric. Let me just say that real quickly. Uh, the question, uh, which disciple said that eight months of wages could not be enough to feed 5,000 people? Who said that? If you think you know, reach out to us, 972-445-0770 or 214-210-8483. Uh, I want to get into this teach part. This is amazing that it is I am in control day. Okay? Because, right? Here is the foundation of our salvation, right? The method that God has chosen to enable you and I to be saved is found multiple times throughout scriptures, but none is as sequentially pleasing as Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. Like, okay. That's the receiving part, right? Isn't that, I mean, yes, that's great. We love that. We're He's in charge. Awesome. Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. I did not write this. This is from the scripture. Do not yell at me. You stupid Galatians. <laughs> this is in Paul's letter. I told you exactly how Jesus Christ was nailed to a cross. How, has someone now put an evil spell on you? I want to know only one thing. How were you given God's spirit? Was it by obeying the law of Moses or by hearing about Christ and having faith in him? How can you be so stupid? Do you think that you yourselves can complete what God's spirit started in you? It's a little more fresh when you read it that way, isn't it, right? People are like, but that's not what the King James says. That's not what the New American Standard says. That's not what the NIV says. No, but it is what the Greek says. Ah, and yes, stupid is the word. It's along the lines of ignoramus, but we'll just move around, move around from that. Here's the problem. The problem is that we say yes to Jesus, and because he's so gracious, we're like, yeah, I'm saved. And then you're a Christian for more than an hour, and you decide it's time to help God with the rest of this salvation process. Because we're so smart. See, what God started by the power of his Holy Spirit found in the foundation of the blood of Jesus Christ, determined by the counsel of God, we're not going to help. This is like, because we know. And so now we're going to help teach God how we should best be a Christian once we've become a Christian, because now we have a better handle on how the whole thing works. And you're thinking, oh, come on. Yeah? I've been in school for 10 years. I mean, 10 years. I have written thousands of papers, just in case you're wondering, just, I mean, just so you understand, right? I wrote a paper, submitted it to my professor. He writes back, right? I got a 98 out of 100, right? I noted all the places that he said I got something wrong. And I began to write an email to tell him he was wrong about what he said that I was wrong about because he said I could do that before, and now I was right, and now I'm smart, and I'm just as smart because I'm that close, and I know. And this is the kind of insanity that takes over all of us. 
we think, well, okay, but the Lord did this, but now we're going to do it this way, or now I see it this way, but no, I have to have these good works to prove that I'm this, and boy, if I'm failing in this, I'm just not, you know, I'm going to set the new standard, the new bar, the new, the new catalyst for how everybody should be a Christian. And it's like, we are so stupid. It's not. And if you're offended that I'm saying you're stupid, I apologize that you're being stupid about that. I'm super stupid. So I'm calling myself more stupid. Okay. So I'm stupider than you are. Okay. Here's the bottom line you can't start this thing in faith and finish it by works. You can't start this thing in believing that Jesus started the process of your salvation and then pick it up for God and help him along because now you're mature in the faith. That's exactly what I was doing to a professor who's graded thousands more papers than I've written. And I'm going to tell him how to be the professor in my class. Why? Because I'm arrogant and foolish and often stupid. That's why. So who who do you talk to about stuff like that, right? <laughs> well, you, you don't want to talk to your wife all the time because you already know she's going to go, yep, I agree with you. <laughs> See, sometimes when the wife agrees with you, it's when you don't want her to agree with you. So that, that does happen, okay? Bottom line to this process is that we are not at the core of what generates our salvation. This is a work of God. You're a recipient. Remember, Jesus is the captain. He's throwing the ball. You put your arms out, you receive. The pattern is there. He's given you a pattern to, to, to run, a route to run, which is great if you think of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And God knows how to do the God stuff better than we do. And sometimes we just should just say, receive it and say, thank you for what you gave me and leave it. The answer to the trivia, Philip, not the screwdriver, Philip. The disciple was the one who asked that question. All right, we'll take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's 
hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry, okay, just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story. Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's, he's, I mean, he's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I, I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half. And his eyes are red. And he looks at me and he says, this is how the Lord hurts for you. And that was it. Bam. It was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my, you know, my pride attitude and my, my over arrogance and my, my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and all I could think of was Jesus wept. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we are now offering our last trivia question. And here's your hint. I talked about this yesterday. So there you go. What group of Jewish people are described as those who say there is no resurrection? Just talked about that yesterday. If you think you know the answer, you can uh, call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. So we do have somebody that's going to be uh, answering that question. So if you want to answer, you got to get it in there real quick. What group of Jewish people are described as those who say there is no resurrection? Here we go. I do. I will say Al was number one. Eric number two on that. That was pretty fast, though. You guys are pretty fast. Ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 hey. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is uh, Brother Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you? Doing great, thank you. Uh, we pray for you every day, and I hope you're well, man. I love you in the Lord. I'm getting, be- yeah, I'm I'm much better off in the today than I was yesterday. All right, my brother, you keep me posted on how things are going, okay? Oh, it'll be fine. Don't it'll don't e- fine. don't ever hesitate to reach out to me too. I'm always there for you, okay? Yeah, I appreciate that. That's you got nice it. Word. All right, which group of Jewish people are described as those who say there is no resurrection? Is the answer Sadducees? That is correct, sir! Yes! And that was the joke we talked about the other day. They were sad, you see, because they're Sadducees because they don't believe (laughs) in the resurrection. (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Amen, brother. Great to hear your voice. 
You get some new people in. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just keeps you just keep going. You know, you just keep doing it, and new people call in, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing, yep. and it's fun, and and people are great. And what's cool about it is it's a true Christian community, and that's what's cool. Yeah, it, it would be nice one day to all be together in a yep. one place. To, yep, yep, yep. To, if, if we don't face with a voice, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, we appreciate you being on there, and oh. uh, thanks you so much. All right, brother. God bless you. God bless you guys. Bye bye. All right, brother Ace. Great, great people. All right, so <clears throat> I got a little something in my throat. <clears> throat> okay, I think it's gone. Uh, let's see. So I want to do something that's really going to bother people. <laughs> okay. I'm not doing this to bother you. I could just close out the show and just be real, you know, perky about the whole thing. But, you know, I like people to really have to dig deep. I, I do. I like that. I like you guys going, wait, I got to check that out. And you're going to do one of those. And that'll be good because it's just be, no, L. it's not another joke. Just, you're gonna give us another joke. That's my brother. Uh, okay, I want to talk to you about Galatians five one through five because some people are uh, uh, and, and when you lose your mind on this, I'm not trying to make you lose your mind on this. I'm actually really trying to teach something that's really important. Why I'm, I'm making this point is because in Galatians three one through three, Paul's entire argument is this: you start off with grace. You start off by the Spirit. Now you're trying to conclude it by your own works and by the flesh. You're blowing it. You're just you're blowing this, okay? So in Galatians 5, he reiterates that same argument and does so, but there's a phrase in there that people have used a thousand times, but out of context, 5,000 times. And so I want to read it. Christ has set us free. This means we are really free. Now hold on to your freedom and don't ever become slaves of the law again. I, Paul, promise you that Christ won't do you any good if you get circumcised. If you do, you must obey the whole law. And if you try to please God by obeying the law, you have cut yourself off from Christ and his gift of undeserved grace. What is fantastic about this particular translation, it's a little bit of a looser translation, but what is right about this is the accuracy, which is amazing, because sometimes you can literal something to the point of wood and sawdust, and you miss the whole meaning. When people talk about falling from grace and falling from grace, they keep thinking it has to do with salvation in and of itself, that a person got saved, and now they've fallen from grace. But that is not what this text says at all. What this text says is you started off this process where you were receiving by faith the grace that was granted through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ, and now you're moving to works. You've fallen off the path of grace and into the path of works. You have fallen from grace. That's what it's talking about. It's not talking about somebody that fell from their salvation is eternally damned. It's talking about somebody who is making the pursuit of the kingdom of God and has moved out from the grace part to the law part, and they're dumb. And that's what Paul says. And he's not even, there's no reservation in three, one, two, and three. He calls them stupid. I'm sorry. I didn't write it. It's God's word. Don't, don't get mad at me. And it's not, the question is not whether or not somebody can, can uh, fall from grace. You cannot be unsaved if God is the author of your salvation. The real question is, is God the author of your salvation? That's a separate question and a separate discussion. In this text, 
Paul is talking about abandoning the way of grace and faith and trying to make it right by law. And he's like, nope, 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 nope. You don't take what God has started. You don't, you're not so smart that you can write back to the professor and tell him the way it should be wrong. There is an authority. There is a captain. There is God. There is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is the Holy Spirit. And you are on the receiving end, not the teaching end, not the altering end, not the any other end. You want to get the football that's thrown from Jesus, you be in the spot where Jesus puts you. Or you'll miss. That's it. He's not even. He doesn't even care, because our smartness is wrapped up with our righteousness, which is what in Isaiah sixty four four. We are all infected and impure with sin when we display our righteous deeds. They're nothing but filthy rags. When we be when we try to act righteous apart from the grace of God, it's dirty. The filthy rag. You know what a filthy rag? A filthy rag. You don't wash a filthy rag. You throw it out. That's the reality check. And when Philippians 1.6 comes into play, listen to this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Who's carrying on the work until completion? He is. You don't start this and I started this whole salvation thing. I'll finish it. Okay. It's not a John Wayne movie. Okay. This is salvation with God in charge. And you can be confident, and I can be confident, that he, not you, who began a good work in us, he'll finish it. Okay. What do you got to do? Receive it. Don't try and make it something it's not. This is the same thing. Just, just before you get all hot and bothered and mad and irritated, the same thing that Abraham did when God said, you're going to have a kid. And Abraham said, okay, I'll just help you along now. And he created Ishmael. And Ishmael became a big pain. Good job. It wasn't Ishmael's fault. It was Abraham's fault. You're thinking, well, it was Sarah's fault. Well, Abraham was there. <laughs> it's like the same argument in the garden. It was Adam's fault. It was Eve's fault. It was both their faults. Wasn't anybody else to blame? They were the two. And it wasn't like Adam was far away since it says she took the fruit and gave him to eat. It doesn't seem like she camped out to go find him. Come on. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is God started this salvation process. God finishes this salvation process. You and I, we contribute to God by being appreciative. That's that be well, that's not really contributing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's my point. This is not of ourselves. This is him. And that's why the gift of salvation is even that much greater. We should be that much more thankful. Because remember what happened the last time man was involved in the covenant called the Old Testament? They couldn't keep it worth a dime. They were terrible. So in this covenant, God said, well, we're going to make another covenant with humanity, only I'm going to be one of you this time, although those will never work again. And that's how it works. Like, good. And I don't, I don't know why people would get prideful about it. It's like, good. I'd rather just be receiving it. I'd rather God go, I'm going to have to coordinate this. Okay. I don't want to coordinate it. Every time I try to control something, it's like one of those what are those little uh, radio car things where you have the little controllers, whatever. All I do is crash the car. It never goes anywhere. I was like, good. No, Lord, you do this. I'm, just, I'm glad to go along for the ride. You want to drive? Awesome. I'm totally hip. 
the point in making this is super simple. We're not smart enough that we can take over for God and add to our salvation. You can't do that. Not only is that arrogant and prideful, it's—what did he say to the Galatians? It's stupid. But stop doing that. I mean, what's wrong with grace anyway? By the way, grace, unmerited favor. Well, you can never really—Dave, you know, you've never really— earned my my grace. That's right, because you can't. You can't earn grace. It's something that's unearnable. That's the whole point. Well, that person doesn't deserve grace. That's right. That's what grace is. You can't deserve grace. That's what the word means. Cannot deserve it. There. Yeah, that's good. That's the whole point. We just receive it. And you think, well, why, why is that such a big deal? Because when we step in, we're acting like God. When you take over your salvation, you're telling God, I'll help you now. He doesn't need your help that way. He needs your heart. Not your, he wants your heart. Spend eternity with God, do it his way. It's his house. Heaven is his place. Jesus is the gate. Jesus is the door. You don't tell God how you're going in. God tells you how you're going in. And that's the way that you do it, not of yourself, but by the grace and the mercy of God. Bam! Say yes to Jesus. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.